Hello, my friends. Welcome to the first annual 2018-19 FPL Roundtable. As you can tell by my voice, I am not Kevin DeVries, but you're still here. You're probably going to learn something about fantasy, probably. But I always bring back up to, a, to an FPL fight. So with me right now, at Fantasy Gaffer, Taga legend, good humanitarian, early wake-upper, John Wallen. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Raman. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're... we get to do this without Kevin. I mean, it's like a perfect morning. Oh, oh my God. We could just berate him and he's going to listen to this and be like, what did <laughs> I do? Trusting these fools to, to just take care of this podcast. But, you know, we wake up. We're two and a half hours early before uh, World Cup soccer today. Uh, we have our good friend Seifu on the record. Thank you, Seifu, for waking up with us, making us coffee even though we can't get it through teleportation or podcasting through microphones. But anyway, uh, so World Cup's here, John. And guess what else? FPL is here. FPL's back, man. Hey, listen, uh, I want to just throw out that maybe Kevin is the Alexis Sanchez of your podcast. Oh, he he's he's kind of overpriced. You know, he's he kind of kind of throws his pram, you know, toys out the pram every once in a while. Oh. And everybody pretty much remembers how good he was three years ago and, and overlooks last year. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin's a guy who drinks like a double IPA and then makes fun of people from drinking triple IPAs. That's what Kevin is. Like, he's that kind of guy right now. And he drinks with his pinky up on IPAs, too. But, Kevin, we love you. You know, I know you're not here. You'll be back soon, maybe next week. But uh, until then, we're going we're gonna to maybe throw, throw you under the bus a little bit and make fun of you at every possible turn of the, turn of the, the screw here. But anyway, Premier League drops. We weren't ready for it. Everybody's in a World Cup set of state of mind. Uh, everybody's still trying to figure out who they're captaining in, in the, the quarterfinals and the semifinals of their of the World Cup uh, fantasy. And then we get the FPL dropped on us, probably a little early. Uh, John, what's your take on the FPL being released so early? Well, I mean, a a they they're clearly trying to get on all of the uh, it's coming home hype, and that's I mean good for them. But yet, Rob, it's, it feels a little bit like a mistake. Right. Oh, I mean, oh. the beta list comes out and then it disappears and then the game gets released and then you start looking for players. And the one I highlighted here, Bernardo, the uh, the new signing from uh, Leipzig coming into Brighton isn't there. Uh, you, you pointed out <laughs> there's probably somebody a little more famous that's also not on the list. Ga- Gallagher, the guy who used to smash watermelons. Oh, no. That's oh, him. You, yeah. oh, you meant. Yeah, you meant uh, Rue Patricio for Wolves. Gallagher, too. Gallagher, too. The guy. <laughs> I got warts, but uh, <laughs> that's a little Chappelle reference. If anybody, I hate when you had to explain a joke. I that's the yeah. one bad. What's the one bad thing I've been hit about podcasts? Because you don't know your audience. If you don't have to explain a joke, they might not get it. Because how many people have not seen Chappelle? I mean, they're probably not going to be my friends. But you should, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Whatever. So, uh, as John mentioned, uh, Rue Patricio is is the guy for for Wolves, the goalkeeper. Um, if you look at Wolves right now, you're not really looking at Ruddy or Norris and being, ooh, I want some of that. But when, when Patricio does get added, uh, I think that he'll probably be an interesting add. It'll probably be 5.0, I'd say. That, that looks right based on where everybody else is. He might come in at 4.5 because that's where they have Ruddy. Um, but I'm not sure why people are jumping on him. I mean, are, are people... And maybe you're talking to more folks about OFPL than I am already, since I am still very heavily in World Cup. But Everton at home, Leicester away, City at home, that's not how I want my fantasy goalkeeper to start their season, particularly oh. for a promoted side. Oh, not not at all. I think he's getting the, ooh, I want him because of name value, and that's it. And, you know, last coming into last season, the promoted teams – Everyone looks at this, looks at the new shiny pennies and thinks that they're going to do the same thing they did in the championship. And Wolves had a pretty decent defensive record in the championship, and it, they think it'll relate to the Premier. But when you look at their upcoming, their first coming schedule, it's not anything you want to buy in. But as a secondary goalie, sure. In a rotation, sure. Patricio is probably an option for Wolves. Yeah, I, I mean, and particularly if he's coming in at four and a half, then yeah. I want him. But I, again, I'm not. I'm not looking at this and saying this. This is a that this is a soft way to start your season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing about Patricio, I mean, um, World Cup played with Portugal, and there's got to be some concern about what's going to happen with a lot of these guys. I know we'll get into 
to some more prices and, and some of our early season predictions a little bit later on. But one of the conversations that I have already been engaged in is how much you're valuing players that didn't get any action this summer because mm-hmm. there's going to be a significant risk of, I mean, even even players, you know, look at Liverpool, right? Players that went home early, like mm-hmm. Sadio Mane, he still made the trip to Russia, got three additional matches on his legs, like needs some time away, whether it's the first two weeks of the season or whether it's either side of the first break, you know, Jurgen Klopp's going to be resting Sadio Mane. Yeah. Well, th- that was actually one of the questions I wrote down here. Are you avoiding oh, World, World Cup guys? I, it's crazy. We, we have some big, big mind meld going on. It's 739 in the morning. Um, but yeah, to me, I look at the guys the, the FPL is about cream. You want the cream. If the, if the cream guys are going to rise to the top or you're just going to transfer them out and drop them. The guys that were in the World Cup, like Asadio Mane, like a Mohamed Salah, who was coming off an injury, having those extra games and extra training on top of them. I'm trying to – I'm not steering clear of them completely from the start of the season. But if there's a comparable that hasn't played in the World Cup at the same price range who has – comparable fixtures i think i'd probably lean the opposite of of that guy playing in the world cup just from the start i'm not saying for the for like forever and ever because i think that you know it's a it's a jinx on their their season but i, I just i and saudi money played admirable in in the world cup he wasn't phenomenal but he was okay he's basically what you saw from a liverpool standpoint now given now given his his price tag you know 9.5 is that somebody you want to throw into your initial roster having come off the world cup john i'd be interested to hear your take on trusting guys coming off the world cup as you're into your initial roster yeah and well money is is a good one to start with because just because of his price i'm looking at him as well as the fact that he's still rated a midfielder so if you want to buy into that um, liverpool side it's it's a little pricier with salah coming in at 13 but he did stay in the midfield uh, Oxley Chamberlain would be somebody um, you would, I think, probably strongly consider to be a third Liverpool player at six and a half. But after um, his devastating injury, I'm not sure uh, what his timetable for return is. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not back up with Ben Dinnery yet on any of that stuff. So I'm, I'm not even going to try and speculate. But um, Firmino at nine and a half made a much deeper run with Brazil. Of course, they're home now. Um, if it's between the two of them, I'm, I'm taking Mane earlier. Um, just because, you know, he went home a little bit earlier. He got a little bit more rest uh, because of his injuries last season. So I think there's a slightly better chance that he's that he's starting and, and he's ready to go at the start of the year. Um, so one of the clubs I'm actually more interested in on this, though, Rob, is, uh, is Spurs. A, because they have, I mean, just so many players still playing in the tournament at the time of recording. But also when you look to those positions we like to, to stock up on and use a lot of money on, Harry Kane already not well regarded for his scoring ability in August. Uh, three August matches upcoming for Spurs, including the early season kick here. Now it's it's 11 August when the season's going to start. So do you like Fernando Llorente at $6 million, or do you like Sonny um, here to play in the first two matches, the 11th and the 18th against Newcastle and Fulham? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably, I'm steering away from, listen, what, fool me once, it's, it's, it's on me. Fool me twice, it's, you know, it's still on me. But Harry Kane is in August. I think people have been burned too many times. and But the bad thing is I think people are going to see what he's been doing in the World Cup and actually scoring goals for from the spot. But are they going to trust him at his price tag of 12.5? That's the that's the biggest question. I don't know if it's if it's more of a do I trust, you know, you know, Hyungman's son or do I want or do I want Lorente as my as my third ad there for the first those three games in August, as you mentioned. You know, it's it, and they actually are pretty. The first two are pretty decent. Three out of the first four are actually pretty good for for Spurs. So I can see an initial investment there. And then after that third that third week four week four fixture group, that is when people start to like reanalyze their team and be like, okay, I completely made mistakes here. This is where I'm going to use my early trans, you know, my early wild card and and start reformulating yeah. ideas. So after you know August 27th fixture, you know, the Spurs travel to to United. I think that is the one week where people are going to realize, okay, August is over. Harry Kane is here. September's, it's September now. See you in September, Harry Kane. Um, I'll add him in. Now, get bringing a 12.5 player in 
is harder than dropping dropping one and 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 going somewhere else. We all know this. It's hard to sure. it's hard to manipulate salary unless you're using a wild card because you need basically three moves to get someone big like that in. Um, for for Spurs, I mean, the, the one thing that that's tough with Spurs now is they've gone from two years ago <clears throat> in FPL they were everyone was a, a price advantage for you. Erickson was like in the sevens. You yep. had you had Ali who was you know like around seven. And then when Harry Kane came up, he was 5.5. Then he was, you know, <laughs> went crazy. Um, but now Spurs is into that elite group of, of from fantasy Premier League assets. They they join, you know, the Chelsea's, the United's, the Arsenal's, the, the Liverpool's. They're in that grouping now because they are an elite team, you know, statistically and standings-wise in that. So when you look at look at a Spurs team, I think you have to have some some involvement, whether it be Ericsson who gives you just ultimate consistency at, at his price at 9.5. Yeah, yeah Hungman Sung at 8.5, 8.5, who his, some people love and trust because in spurts last year, he gave phenomenal returns. If you hit him right on the right week, you you were aces. Uh, people mm-hmm. still have some love for Della Ali. I don't, 9.0. What I've seen in the World Cup is not good for him. I don't think he's, he's like, in the right – he's not – doesn't seem right. Like but he's playing out of position for well, that, that too. That too. But – it, when you when you look at him on Spurs, where where is he going to fit in to the to the hierarchy of scoring? Is he going to be what we saw two years ago when he went eleven and eleven, or is he going to be what we saw last year when he basically just fuddled around and did nine and thirteen? But it was a quiet and you know, I'm sorry, uh, thirteen. He had thirteen assists last year, but did anybody really really notice that he had thirteen assists last year? No, but I mean that's kind of on us, right? To to be better about it. He posted his second highest ever um, FPL point total and, you know, ever being, you know, the kid's 22 years old and still coming in. Right. But, you know, 175 points is, is fine. And I'm not, I'm not flinching at the price and I'm, I'm less concerned about the world cup, I think, than you are. Um, I am a little concerned about uh, how Pochettino is going to manage this team early. Kevin always likes to jump on his, well, Pochettino rotates everybody late. They brought in um, Lucas Mora. Uh, Lamella has another six months of health under uh, under his belt, and this midfield is everyone. You know, anybody that you care about is at the World Cup with a deep run. I mean, you have Eriksson, Ali, Son, um, Dyer's still there. Dembele, although he's not getting any playing time for Belgium because mm-hmm. you know he's behind Chadley and. Of Fellaini course. in the pecking order, as of as is really so, yeah. Um, but this defense too, you know, Alderweireld, Rose, Vertonghen, Trippier, uh, Davidson, Sanchez, Sergiari. This this whole team is still playing. Yeah. Um, so I, I want no part of Spurs. <clears throat> really not defensively. For, not defensively. Yeah. Definitely not defensively. I think that defensively, you know, all their prices they're basically six across the board, except for Walker Peters. If you look at if you look at the team, so yep. you're basically looking at uh, a premier one. Anybody defend defensively and with the rotation, possibly quotation fingers for Spurs, you know, like you said, every player there is in still involved or was just eliminated from the World Cup. Alvaro Rose, Vertonghen, Davies, Trippier, Sanchez, Aurier. Now, Davies wasn't wasn't, you know, involved in it, but he still should have been. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that's. I think if you're going to look at one person that's not involved and, and may come out like you, but are we going to expect Ben Ben Davis to to do what he did last year and just burst onto the scene again? I don't know that that's possible because he kind of had a good great start to last year, then kind of you know leveled off and then had a few peak weeks at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I think a lot of people with Davis too, they're looking at just his counting stats and they're saying, well, you know, he got two goals, he got seven assists, and he was mm-hmm. a part time player. And the reality is he had the you know the quote unquote bigger half. He played over twenty three hundred minutes, so he got mm-hmm. two thirds of a season's worth of minutes. And while that's certainly not bad, you know, you're not you're not wrong to point out: is he going to be able to maintain a four goal, ten assist pace playing as a wingback, yeah, which is what he was doing? <clears throat> and that's crazy. That's like Marcus Alonso type stuff. And yeah, that's like Leighton Baines, like back yeah. in the day. Hey, I want to throw one. I want to throw one more log on the um, burn Harry Kane fire. But um, please do <laughs> his his goals. Like, yeah, he has four <clears throat> penalties in the World Cup, and he also had two free headers. Like mm-hmm. that's that's six of his seven. He has seven goals. Six of his seven goals. It's he, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, and I'm not knocking him for that. But the idea that he's going that he's in some kind of like sublime scoring form is a fallacy. 
Like he's he's converting his very high percentage opportunities and he's not doing terribly much else. And when you consider that this Spurs team is going to be coming back piecemeal, they're all going to have a lot of breaks. They don't have um, they don't have a particularly strong second string here. Um, and I mean, I guess technically if like Lucas and Lamella are your second string, that's not bad. But I'm looking more at like your Winxes and your Sissokos and, you know, your uh, Wanyamas. Mm-hmm. Um that, that is not going to provide him the kind of service that he needs to get his uh, eight shots a game, which is where he where he makes his money from an FPL perspective. Yeah, you know. All and, that being said, yeah, and and he did earn two of the two of the free uh, the penalty kicks of that he did. Score. Oh, absolutely. So, so I mean, yeah. two two of those are actually on him. If you want to count that, I know that you know he gets the uh, the FPL his own FPL assist, and even though it doesn't count, doesn't count. But I'm throwing it out right. there that he does. But and again, again, no VAR <laughs> in the EPL. They did Name? vote again. They voted yeah. against VAR being used in the Premier League for this upcoming yeah. season. Well, that's you know, I mean, there's there's good and there there's bad with VAR, and that's a totally separate F- podcast that we could just talk about for hours, and we could draw imaginary boxes and do all that. Dude, that's next cool. summer, yeah. Well, I'm I'm just gonna keep doing the Northern Arabat. Um, <laughs> Is that those are those are my personal feelings. Um, the the interesting thing will be next summer when we're sitting around and we have to do an entire penalty takers episode because VAR is getting VAR introduced. Is yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's I going mean, to mean at least a half a million pound premium on anybody who is a first choice penalty taker. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was reading somewhere um, the one league that used VAR already penalties increased by twenty twenty percent. Like the yeah. penalty, like they, it went from like like sixty something for the season to like almost almost seventy five for the for the year. So I mean, there's a twenty percent you know boon to the penalty, but that's another situation that we're going to get into when we cross that cross that avenue. The number one selling product of its kind with over twenty years of research and innovation, Botox Cosmetic Atabotulinum Toxin A is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic. If you have a skin infection, side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Who's the one player that you're looking at right now that is way overpriced to you? Um, whew, that is way overpriced. Like, I mean, there's no such thing as way overpriced here. It's not like you know, it's not like uh, you know, Mesut Ozil is forty four dollars. You know. Yeah, I would say well, players that I want no part of, given their price, um, Willian at Chelsea at seven and a half. And I, I banged the drum louder than anybody, I think, for William last year with his six goals and eight assists in a half season's worth of minutes. Um, but that was primarily for a draft format where you could afford to hold him on your bench and, and bring him in in those matches where he was starting, particularly if you were playing in a format where you could make uh, roster moves up until kickoff. Mm-hmm. But at seven and a half million in the salary cap, I want absolutely no part of him. Really? Similarly, You're hurting yeah, my no feelings there. You're hurting my feelings there because I think if Chelsea comes out and – I think William. If if Murata plays, William is going to hurt. Like be garbage. I don't think it will uh, William to be a value at seven five. But if Olivier Giroud is the starter there, I think William is a better player because of Giroud starting. That's just my Chelsea opinion. All right. Well, I think that they need to make minutes for uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek, who's not going to get sold to go back out on loan because I think he's done enough to to own that spot. Ross yeah. Barkley is back and healthy. Uh, <laughs> you have a season of Danny Drinkwater. Uh, you know, we need to make uh, lots of minutes for Bakayoko and, and Stek Fabregas. Um, plus, Hazard and William are both going to be coming back at the same time, presumably, yeah. from extended break. And Hazard will absolutely be the one that gets slotted back into that team first. Oh, oh 100%. Yes. So, I don't know. I just, I want no part of him. Uh, here, I'll, I'll pick on your cross-town rivals, as they say in England. 
Hey. <laughs> uh, Americanize the hell out of this podcast. That's a, that's a very English saying, Crosstown <laughs> Rivals. Uh, I want no part of Alexander Lacazette at nine and a half million. Oof, me either. Um, I love Aubameyang for 11. Yep, and a lot of that goes to the he didn't play this summer, which is beautiful. Of course, uh, in 10, 10 uh, matches last season for the Gunners, four goals, four assists, just over 1,000 minutes. That's not like... Um, an outstanding Harry Kane or Mo Salah-like pace, but that is absolutely good enough for a double-double season. Um, and if you're if you're getting a uh, you know a 10-assist return out of your forward, you know that I will be banging the drum for Roberto Firmino again once he's back and fit for Liverpool. Um, and, uh, by the way, available at 9.5 to Pierre yeah. Ab- Emmerich Aubameyang's 11. Um, but I am, I'm on Aubameyang early here, uh, Mkhitaryan as well. Uh, Mickey at seven million is, is mad underpriced. We can talk yeah. about him in a minute, mm-hmm. but it's Lacazette. It's Lacazette that I don't like at the nine million. And then there was I want to just throw in here. Um, <clears throat> the, the only thing hurting uh, Obomiang is if everybody's staring at the first two fixtures and Manchester yep. City and Chelsea, and then they're you know they're looking at those and being like, well maybe I'll wait the two weeks and then weeks three through you know three through ten. West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Fulham, Leicester, Crystal Palace. That's three through ten for Arsenal. <clears throat> that's yeah. That's some crazy good value there. And then the end of the season is is pretty bad too. If I, if I or the middle of the season, like right around uh, Feb, like Lovers' Day, like Van, Valentine's Day around there, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It starts to get like Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, Spurs, United, all right in the end February March area. So basically, you're there's there's going to be times to own. Arsenal players, and there's going to be times to not own Arsenal players. But the good thing about that is, as I mentioned before, they're in that high price bracket, so it's easier to go from high price to high price. You know, it's, it's hard to go from you know Ruben Neves to to you know Sadio Mane. It's it's just a, it's an unfeasible matter of thing unless you use your wild card. Uh, but yeah, I mean that I think the only thing biting you know Arsenal in the, in the butt right now is I and you mentioned McTarian, I like him too. It is seven Ramsey is a is an okay value too. I believe he's seven seven out as well or seven dot five. Um, yep. this, those first two fixtures are are staring everybody in the face. And they're like, well, do we do we trust them playing against City? Listen, that first game, Man City Man City's could, could come out and just be completely flat, complete completely different team, and give up four goals. Well, it's do you have any idea who's starting for Man City in that game? Because again, that game is now five weeks away. Riyad Mahrez. Sure. If it's Riyad Mahrez, that's great, and I love him at the nine million, and he'll absolutely be in my in my game week one squad. But I mean, as soon as those other players start coming back, the graphic that City circulated of a starting eleven of just World Cup uh, knockout round participants was was excellent. Um, but I mean, it really highlights the fact that all of these guys are are going deep with their team. And, you know, yeah, Aguero didn't get the minutes that, you, you know, you and I probably think he should have gotten for Argentina, but he got a bunch more minutes. Again, he had the travel, and, and mm-hmm. he's not going to come back immediately. Mm-hmm. Jesus just got knocked out. Same with Fernandinho. Um, David Silva and Bernardo Silva. Uh, KDB still playing. Sterling still playing. Stones is still playing. <laughs> Walker's still playing. Uh, company still playing like this is Mendy's mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, this is uh, I have no idea who's starting yeah. on the 11th uh, like this could be um, you know this could be the, the Phil show yeah and you know Fodden come <laughs> out and try and run show yeah totally um, yeah it's, it's interesting with 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 City I have I was going to ask you this as well how much of a, a commitment are you making to their them offensively given what they just did with their goal output Basically, look at anybody on their roster. You have De Bruyne, Asani, Aguero, Jesus, uh, you know, and, and, and soon to be Riyad Mahrez, based on the rumors and speculation yeah. when it finally gets finalized. Um, <clears throat> they basically are, look, when you look at their how many offensive options they have, they're like Spurs, but on the almost reflexive, whereas Spurs rotates their defense. Is City going to rotate a lot of their uh, like their offensive players, like the Sterlings, De Bruyne, Sanes, Bernardos, you know, yeah. David Silva's? You know, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. And then you look at a Sergio Aguero's price at eleven and you're like, oh, oh okay, um, he, he's cheaper than he has been in in recent times. He's still Sergio Aguero, but how much commitment level are you comfortable with as uh, if, if you're making a, a a team right now of of guarding City interest? 
Yeah, I mean, well, here, let me let me make my case for why OFPL is kind of trash still and yeah. two things that they could do that would make this really easy. Um, they should let you have a mini league where you don't have to pay penalty for transfers. Uh, it, I mean, it would be so much more fun. You could keep your price structure and everything else, um, but that you, they take away a lot of the joy in being able to pick the players that you really want. Um, City's the city's the best example. If you look at this schedule, it's Arsenal away in week one um, on the 11th or 12th of August, and that's not great. And after that, Rob, I know you've looked at it, but for anybody who hasn't yet, it's Huddersfield, Wolves, Newcastle, Fulham, Cardiff, and Brighton. And that takes you all the way through October. If this team wasn't completely you know, overstretched because of the World Cup, I would be investing heavily at the top end here. Mm-hmm. You would, you'd be comfortable buying into... Uh, you know, Fernandinho, maybe not at 33 years old. Uh, maybe it's time to to see that mantle get passed to Ilke Gundogan. Uh, Gundogan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would have no problem buying into Sané at nine and a half. I would have no problem buying into KDB at 10. Uh, I would have no problem buying into Mendy at six. Um, but you can't have, I mean, what I just ran off, that's 25% of your budget. You can't have 25% of your budget tied up in three guys that probably are only going to play 50% of the minutes in the first two months of the season. That's 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 the big foil here. Uh, you know, every, And you only get three. So, I mean, picking the right three to start with those fixtures after the Arsenal game, which you, which you, which you listed, th- those next seven fixtures are phenomenal. And I think you're going to want, you're going to want city commitment there, but are you, are you almost have to, like play against yourself there. Okay, I'm I'm rostering De Bruyne, but maybe I should roster someone else high priced as well, and then have them, you know, basically if one sits, the other one plays, if, and then have your bench be your be your best friend here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're paying, but you're gonna pay twenty million to have ex- one roster, ex- one exactly. guaranteed roster spot. By the way, and and this is not a this is not a topic that only you and I are talking about. Uh-uh. Um, but it's the one it's the one thing that's going to annoy me the most about this. And I forget if we can swear on your show anymore or not. I know you. I guess. mean, you could you could say you could say okay words. Just oh, okay. No, you can't. Right. Go ahead. Well, I'm I am I am flabbergasted. How about that? That go. Leroy Sané's ownership is already at 21.7% because that means that like everyone everyone is going to be on Sané by the time week 1 actually rolls around. Like I would predict Leroy Sané's ownership is sitting somewhere around 35%. Yeah. By the time week 1 comes around. Well, I mean, that's that's not out of the realm of possibility. Della Ali last year, beginning of the season, was owned that well because people were buying in that. All right, last year, the two years ago was a, was a stepping stone to what we were going to see, possibly. And he he scored fifty less points on the season. He went from two twenty five to one seventy five. So I mean, out of the one hundred and seventy one thousand total players right now in FPO universe, twenty one percent of them own Leroy Sané. You know that's going to change every day because if you if you look at any of the evil geniuses on on the Twitterverse or they they basically post their lineup every day with a new change because you know their cat told them to do this or they like Lucas Fabianski because of this. Um, they change they change their minds every other day. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those those percentages are going to fluctuate like crazy. You know between now and August tenth or tenth, I believe the first game yeah. is. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so ready. And since we're talking overpriced players right now, mm-hmm. overpriced and overowned, I think, is the much more deadly combination. Mm-hmm. Mosala, thirteen million. He's owned in forty-seven point three percent of sides as of recording. <laughs> Harry Kane is owned in thirty-nine point two. Firmino is owned in thirty-seven point nine. Mm-hmm. Wilf Zaha would be underpriced at 7 million and rated a forward. And we'll, we'll get into Wilf, I'm sure a little bit, Love but Love 33% selected already. He's another one that I think he's going to be owned in, in. I mean, he's at, he's at a third now, but I see that, that 35% for me is really where I start looking at guys that I'm just, I get away from. Yeah. Um, he's going to be there. It's, yeah. it's devastating, man. What, what it is, is it's very, very high end right now. If you look at the forward ranks and you, and if you're, you're sitting at home and you're looking at your, your, your Premier League official site. Um, just scroll down, click on forwards, and then look at filter by team selected percentage. It's very high end. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten guys owned in over ten percent, and they're all high end guys. There's not one value guy of, of stupidity in there. You know, you have Kane, Firmino, Zaha, Arnautovic, Obomiang, Lukaku, Giroud, Tosan, 
and Aguero. Those are the t- those are the guys that are owned the most as forwards. So it's very very high end, and three of those are owned in 33 percent of leagues. So 170 thousand leagues. And three guys are owned in over 33% of leagues. So over 60,000 people own each of Kane, Firmino, Zaha, which is probably a, a good favorable combination of Kane, Firmino, Zaha because you get a high price, a middle price, and a low price. And that's that's pe- that's the way people are piecing together their you know their initial roster. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, don't 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 look don't look into. It. I know we're five weeks out of. Five and a half weeks out. Of- but dude, we're only five weeks out. Like, know, it's staggering. It's July 7th. We're know, only five crazy. weeks out. It's literally crazy. Like, I, why do you think we're mad at Kevin for being on vacation and making us do this podcast? But- I love the idea that Kevin's whole life isn't vacation. It's like Mike, right? Like, I mean, the guy that, you know, you know Mike, yeah, who, yeah, co-hosts the, who co-hosts Bang Average Pod with me. But, you know, Mike's been stuck in England since October, and he's been on vacation a couple times. And we're just like, dude, like... Yeah, it's shitty that you're stuck in England, but pretty much everything's a vacation, right? Yeah, I mean, what does the guy do? What does the guy do for uh, to to press his time? Oh, I've got to walk to the pub. Oh, oh, oh I got to go place a bet at William Hill. Oh. I'm like, so lucky. I don't live in a place that has corner bookies. I'm just gonna say that. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy. I live in New Jersey, and you now live in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. So I mean, New Jersey has now has legalized gambling, but it's only a brick and mortar thing. So you yep. have to go to the racetracks to do it. Um, I thank the Lord that I do not live close enough to Monmouth Racetrack um, to go place a bet. I was there a couple weeks ago, like a week before the World Cup started, and uh, for an event, and there was people like just going crazy. But the gambling wasn't allowed yet. But they had the boards up. So people yep. were just like co- taking pictures. They thought it was like an anomaly. They were standing outside of like it was like almost it's like almost small world <laughs> in, in Disney taking pictures like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And now that it's actually gambling, you know, it's actually legal. Yeah, it, it's something that's going to be a big part of of New Jersey culture. Let's say let's just add another thing into bad, bad New Jersey, you know, cliches that you can just throw in there. Love <clears> it. Yeah, I, I mean, but I you know, it's, it's great. You know, if, listen, if you like sports and you like throwing, you know, 20 quid on it. Fine. I got one more. I got one more overpriced guy for you, and you're not going to believe it. And it's not even that he's overpriced, but it's again, it's the combination of the price plus the selection. Okay. Wolves' 21 year old defensive midfielder Ruben Nevis is only five million pounds. He's 22 percent selected. I tweeted out, and you can you can go. I don't remember how many days ago it was that I tweeted it, but um, he took almost a hundred shots in 3,600 minutes last season, and he ended up with one goal. And six assists from 37 wow. key passes. Wow. Like, he is n- not good no. at scoring goals. I mean, he's going to be, again, he adra- in a draft game, if you're playing at, Oh, you know, absolutely. Wherever. Defense, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He brings that Aaron Moy metric that we had last year into drafts. You know, he could be involved in more play, but he gives you enough defensive metrics to make his, his draft warrant it. So if, if you're into that kind of thing and you like secondary and tertiary and quadentary stats, go to playtaga.com because we have the guy here <laughs> at Fantasy Gaffer, John Wallen, joining us right now. And he is here to confirm that Play Taga is going to be available next season, right? I'm, I'm not here to confirm that. Wow. I'm, I'm not here to say it won't be, but I'm not here to confirm that. Okay, so John cannot not say anything about Play Taga. So if you're here for that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you can still find me at Fantasy Gaffer, though, and I'm, I'm happy oh. to ignore that question any time that you want to tweet it at me for the next oh, yeah. week or so. Well, I mean, I'm sure that that's the that's the question on everyone's mind here, and they want it. They want the inquiring minds want to know, John. Yeah, I opened know. my DMs a year ago, just you know, to be sporting about it. Um, and for the last 11 months, that's been fine, and for the last four weeks, it's been unbearable. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I'm very happy for all of you to come and DM me and ask me questions I can't answer. Um, John likes that. John likes it in the DM. That's what I heard. Yeah. Where uh, are you? Where are you on Nevis? Do you are you buying? Are you buying into this idea that he's a, a great value proposition because he's going to take a hundred shots? I mean, he's going to take a Christian Eriksen, Harry Kane, Cristiano Ronaldo level of shots for Wolves. I mean, and it's going to get them relegated. But he's going to take those shots. Yeah. Listen, the the. The stats from the championship don't completely overlay to the Premier League. I know that <clears throat> he had 100 shots. He only had one goal, right? 
I mean, but look at look at the guys that we thought were going to do phenomenal things that were promoted last year. That's basically yeah, all. Also, I'm an idiot. I, I gave you that stat backwards. It's of course he had six goals and one assist. Oh, six but, goals. One assist. Okay, yeah, yeah, six yeah. from six goals from a hundred shots and one assist from thirty-seven yeah. key passes. So he's basically at six percent and and two percent on his yeah. conversion rates. Yeah, but I think I think it's a matter of most of the, the promoted teams. People can easily look up their stats. Look what they did last year. All right, this guy scored fifteen and had eight assists. Oh, he's five. He's priced at five dot oh. I think when you combine A plus B plus their price, I think they automatically insert them into their lineup because people want involvement from from Wolves. They want involvement from Fulham. They want involvement from Cardiff. I don't know why they'd want from Cardiff, but th- you know, it's the same thing with with Ryan Ryan Sessegnon. He's he's had he had a phenomenal season last year. He's very well hyped, um, but. How how is that going to translate to the Premier League? That's the biggest question. You know, is he going to be, you know, what we think he could be, or is he going to be the, the the fairly dominant, more dominant player that he was in the Championship, going going against you know lesser talent than he is from week week in and week out at Fulham? Uh, I it, it's a, it's a question I can't answer because you know why the game the games played with a the ball. There's 22 guys on the field. They all play with their feet. And things happen. So if the ball bounces his way. Sure, he's going to be a phenomenal. He's going to be a phenomenal play at his current price. But six and a half, though, man. Like, okay, so <clears throat> six and a half. Would you rather have him or McTarian at seven? Yeah, I mean, no, easily McTarian because he's a proven commodity, and Arsenal, I think, are going to score way more goals than you know than what Fulham are going to do. But I mean, if you look at the Fulham team, if you bring it up. They they literally had don't even, they barely have eleven guys list, listed. They have fourteen guys yeah. listed. Oh yeah, I mean, it's terrible. You know, I mean, and their number one defender is is Tim Ream, for God's sakes. <laughs> um, hey, you could you could get Fred for six million. Ooh. Everybody's gonna everybody's gonna want to be on Fred. You know, um, but yeah, the game the game isn't complete yet. But <clears throat> you know, it's funny that that Sessignon is he's point five. 0.5 more expensive than anybody promoted last year. I think the most expensive player last year was six, and I think it was a was a striker. Um, uh, Deportra was he no, at six? He's five were, five. Yeah, I think it was four five or Mooney. Five. Was it Mooney? Mooney. Uh, I can't remember who it is now, though. But I I remember reading it, and and I can't remember who. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. But he. Well, but, that's, that's good podcasting right there. Yeah, it's totally. I'm I'm all about the knowledge, and I write stuff down and forget it. So that's what happens. But uh, but yeah, six dot five for for a Fulham player. I mean, that's that's crazy commitment level. Yeah, it for one player, it sounds it's like oh six dot five. You know, I'll even go I'll even go one better. I'll give you a price comparison since you brought up the the PKs here. Would you have rather have Ryan Sessegnon or Luka Milojevic? Um, they're both six dot five, and you know who's yeah. taking the penalty kicks. Oh yeah, you absolutely know who's taking the penalty kicks. Um, I hmm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I like I like Milivojevic uh, a lot. I defended his penalty taking as a skill. Oh, it's a, <laughs> it is a skill. It's a fantasy skill. I mean, whether or not it's a, a real life skill, it's definitely a fantasy skill. Um, and I just I'm 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 in on the Eagles this year, man. So I don't know if I can make room for him. It's not that I don't like him. It's that I will likely have. Townsend, who's going to be playing farther up the pitch yep. at half a million pounds less, I'm going to have um, I'm going to have Wilf Zaha in at the seven million, and um, I, I was joking last year down the stretch, I think with you actually, that uh, Patrick Van Anhalt did exactly enough to in the last five last eight matches he scored what four 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 of his five goals he got in the last eight matches of the season so in the first 30 matches he had one goal and one assist (laughs) and in the last eight he had four goals and all any of us are going to remember is that he got four goals in eight matches and we're all going to own him um but there's nothing wrong with that because there's speculation that he could he could do that again because he is that type of player where he runs hot and cold but yeah, he scored five goals in each five goals or more in each of the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this um, Palace um, fixture list, it's Fulham, it's Liverpool, which isn't great. But then Watford, Southampton, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Wolves, and Everton. And again, that takes you up until the twenty seventh of October. Mm-hmm. You want to buy your wool, you want to buy your Eagles, and then sell them after that Everton match because they have one of the hardest stretches of any team. They get Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, and United back to back to back to back weeks ten. 10 through 13. Well, I don't think the Chelsea fixtures anything anymore. 
They suck. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure the Spurs fixture is going to be anything either, but we'll find out. <laughs> this is a United Arsenal year in the yeah. In this. yeah. Oh Jesus! Could you imagine this, how awful that would be? I don't like the way this podcast <laughs> just turned. Right there. That'd be so terrible, man. I'm gonna. Oh, I'll be right back. I gotta go take a poop. If I just heard that. But so you mentioned briefly before Mohamed Salah's uh, yep. ownership at 47, got all percent, yeah. whatever he is. Um, do you think at his price tag, he's he's uh, when you're building your team, he's the first guy you go to, or are people just looking at him, knowing what he did last year, knowing his popularity, knowing his you know worldly fame right now? That 13.0 is a feasible asset to build your team around. I don't think so, um, and I owned Mo. 31 weeks last season, 32 weeks last season. Um, but no, they, there's, there's no way that hey, look, the, the LFPL did one good thing. If they were going to put him at 13, they had to leave him as a midfielder yep. because he needs that additional scoring uh, for each, for all those goals mm-hmm. in order to be viable there. He barely topped 300 points and you know, barely topped. He barely set the record for most points in a season with 303. Um, but 32 goals with 12 assists. Those are, I mean, those are insane. Those are those aren't even video game numbers. Those are messy in a video game numbers, yeah. and I don't think there's very much chance that he's going to get back there. Uh, but the other point about Salah is, if you had a player who has had 32 goals with 12 assists, you might naturally assume that he would have led the league in bonus points, particularly as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. And again, as you know because I scream this at you and other people um, in our DMs constantly, but he did not lead the uh, FPL in bonus points. Um, I'm not even sure if at the end of the year he finally, did he finally pip? No, he didn't. He didn't even pip Firmino for most bonus points on his own team. You want, you want to know something You want to even know something funny? Jamie Vardy had more bonus points than him on this, on this season. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Sergio Aguero who had a very, very good season. But Sergio Aguero only played 1,960 minutes, scoring 21 goals with six assists, and he had 22 bonus points. He yeah. only had four fewer bonus points in 18 and 1,400 fewer minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so, it's, the bo- well, the bonus point system is, is screwy. Uh, yeah, but, but you have to value for it, right? That's why somebody oh, like totally. David Silva, David Silva is a steal at eight and a half million. I mean, unless, unless what they're doing with this <laughs> Mares thing is there is pep signaling that, that Silva's on his way out. And with everything that David Silva went through emotionally with his family and his premature son and everything, maybe he just wants to be back in Spain and, and they're going to accommodate that. But uh, signing Riyad Mares isn't a move that you make in a vacuum. You're making that because one of your other players is on the way out. And, and David Silva at coming on to 33 years old is the likely player. Uh, but if he is there to start the season and he is in that starting 11, at eight and a half million, dude, dude's a steal. Mm-hmm. He's a steal. Yeah, but it brings up the whole point: is he going to play every game? And we we talked over this fixture list, yeah. and then he's yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, that's that's the thing you 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 have to play against in, in Premier. You know, you know the Premier League. Everybody's going to do something different at different times, and you don't know when it's going to happen. That's yeah. the by the way, like. by the way, Chris Wood last season, sixteen hundred minutes played, ten goals. He had Chris Wood had twenty bonus points. Twenty bonus points, yeah. Mosalah, Mosalah had twenty six. Mm-hmm. Mosalah should have had fifty. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, but that's how the bonus point. It's yeah. it, it's based on you know uh, game winning goals and you know. But the funny thing is, Salah had what I think he had eight games of two goals last year. Eight games of two goals or more. I'm saying. Yeah, uh, he had nine, he had, nine games of two goals. Yeah, he had not nine. Oh no. Was it nine blanks and eight games with at least a goal and assist yeah. or more? So I mean, it's just crazy to think about that. The liver that there was somebody better on on Liverpool that warranted getting into the bonus point system more than him, and he's not even the number one guy on his team. Yeah, we know who that guy is. That guy yeah. is the uh, imminently uh, underpriced Roberto Firmino at nine and a half million. Underrespected, who, Bobby oh, Digital, Bobby God, Digital, man. Bobby Firmino. He's so goddamn good. 181 points last year, by the way, sets the bar for him. Um, that is his most for an FPL season. His 29 bonus points, the most for him in an FPL season. His 29 bonus points trailing only Harry Kane among all players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's he's, a, he's, he's a value get his. play. He's a value yeah. play at 9.5. Give, give me, John, real quick, and we'll, we'll jump off of Mosala, and then we'll, we'll end up wrapping this up 
But uh, give me what, there's no way he's getting 300 points again. What what do you think his point total is under over 250? Over 250. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put him in somewhere. Let's say he can. I, the the assists I think are the most sustainable part of what he did last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any reason why he can't get to 10 assists again. Um, his XG wasn't that out of whack. So if he's still getting the same number of minutes, which again may not be possible with Liverpool trying to make another deep run, uh, coming off the back of a deep run, coming off the back of World Cup, coming off the Sergio Ramos injury. So let's say, let's tag him down like maybe 200 league minutes and say he's only getting like 2750. <clears throat> if he gets 25 goals, dude, that's a drop of seven goals. And 25 goals, I think I think any Liverpool fan right now should be willing to sign up for Mo getting 25 goals and 10 assists. Uh, and that puts him right around 245, 255 points, depending on how the bonus points shake out. Yeah, I think you'll see the goals drop by, you know, 15 to 20%, which brings him, like you said, down to, down to 24, 25. But I think the assists are going to be a little bit more because I think in the game set, I think he gets taken out individually more, but makes the key passes better. So I think yeah. guys like Firmino. Um, <clears throat> Can I throw one more thing on the Salah thing, though? Sure. Okay, if he drops, let's say he loses uh, 20% of his points, and that's mm-hmm. 60, 60 points total, and he's down at 243 points, mm-hmm. that still would have made him the highest scorer last year yep. by 10% over Raheem Sterling. Yep. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy. And Raheem was in the 220. It was in the... Two, 219, yeah. Yeah, 219. 229. Oh, 229. 229. Yeah, 229. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about. And Harry Kane had a great season, and he only finished with 217. And 31, you know, 217 minus the 31 points that Harry Kane had for bonus makes him just an ordinary player when you take out the bonuses. It makes him basically Jamie Vardy. But yeah, well, that's because Harry Kane, um, despite everybody in my mentions telling me what a fucking gifted passer he is, has uh, two assists last year. He's a knob end. That's what he is. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. So in conclusion, John, mm-hmm. are you happy with the initial 1819 FPL product? I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not Taga because we are both draft guys. I'm yeah. a fantasy baseball guy. I have been my whole life, and I've done ad nauseum drafts my whole entire life. And I love the draft style. So if you're into draft style, yes, Premier League does have their own draft style. But eh, go to go to Taga instead. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, um, you. Yeah, you and I have been playing fantasy baseball probably as long as each other. We've had this conversation on and off air before. But um, yeah, it's. The way that this sets up is is it's more interesting to me this year than it has been in any of the last two or three years because you have the World Cup because mm-hmm. you have all of these um, all these players that are arguably out of position and I will throw in um, I love listening to you guys I do also have my own podcast so if people would like to hear my obnoxious American voice you can find me Definitely. at Bang Average Pod uh, which I host with Ryan from Fantasy Irma and Mike from Talk and Taga um, but. We're going to be covering a lot more FPL this year, um, in in part because so many so many people in the community like to play it, and it's sort of the baseline game. But this year really is is looking incredibly interesting from that that position. Like if you're if Rob, I mean Salah, Sterling, uh, Son, uh, who else here? Sanchez. Like these dudes are all midfielders, and then mm-hmm. you flip over to forwards, and it's like. How is how is Wilf Zaha a forward? You know how is Richarlson a midfielder uh, and Anthony Martial a midfielder? Uh, but um, I was about to say like, <sighs> yeah, I haven't noticed many many OOP guys this year, guys that are out of position. Yeah, I haven't really. I mean, significant ones that we don't really like think are contra. But like I'm saying, there's always a defensive guy that's a midfielder and a midfielder guy that should be a defender. Blah 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 blah. I'm like the forward midfielder thing. I think is a is a pliable avenue. I know there's a ton of midfielders, but there's not a lot of forwards. So basically, you, you basically are going to take two top end strikers and then mix it with you know a seven Either yep. it's going to be either Arnautovic or Zaha, and that's why I think Z- Arnautovic and Zaha are, are you know going to be owned probably most of the year by almost everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's nice that they mixed in. And actually, you know, it's funny you point those two out because I was I thought in my when I did my initial run of this list that there were more players that were in that and it's really not it's it's Zaha it's Arnautovic and it's uh Senek Tosun from Everton are the three guys that are at seven that are going to be owned and one of those three guys is going to be owned in every single team 
Yeah, and I think I think you could throw I think you could throw Chris Wood into that as well. I think that that he's into that that not that price range of you know that seven dot to six dot that that punt. You know, yeah, yeah, or Chaz that, Austin. I mean, yeah. if, look, if Southampton and or um, and or Burnley are getting um, are getting those guys healthy, because again, King, uh, excuse me, Wood had had injuries last year. Um, Charlie Austin, well known for his injuries, but so there's there's a little bit there, but you, I guess. The way that they chose to leave their midfield, there's so many good players. I, mm-hmm. I think a template team is going to be harder. I think it's going to be easier. Let's let's put it this way: it's going to be easier to play to field a very competitive non-template team across mm-hmm. the first six months of the season. And I'm really looking forward to that because yeah. it's going to make the community better. It's going to make all the banter on on Twitter better. It's going to make all your mini leagues better. It's going to make all your side bets. Uh, you're going to be sweating them more. So that part of it is is really exciting. Yeah. So up until Boxing Day is basically when the and then yeah. template people open their box and they're like, Ooh, it's a template. And they, yeah. they but, uh, cool. Well, it's been fun talking oh, for real. F- FPL for a little bit. Um, John, I want to thank you for, for joining me on this early occasion. Safe. My thank- pleasure. Safe. Thanks for recording with us. Uh, John, why don't you tell everybody where they can get at you and then we'll, uh, we'll say our goodbye. Oh. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at fantasy gaffer. You can find, uh, me at bang average pod and, much like this show, I think much like this show, you can find us on iTunes. And um, I always just click the link when you guys tweet it and listen to it there. Yeah, that's it. well, that that counts. That's yeah. just as good. Oh, we're good. All, we're, right. well, that's we're, what I do. But <laughs> we're slut, we're sluts for hits, and I'm sure that counts. If it doesn't, I'm gonna have to have a discussion with my lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll take that Wait, off the air. Well, the, um, funny, the funny thing is, my lawyer's I think is Kevin's dog. <laughs> Oh uh, man! But no, come go, come find us um, on iTunes at Bang Average Pod. Um, it's a uh, it's an FPL show. It's uh, a Panini sticker show. It's uh, a Larn FC fan cast. It's a uh, it's a lot of different things all rolled into one. So you'll never be bored. Yeah, the the only good thing about that compared to compared to ours is that you guys have guys with accents. That's the only good thing. We don't we have do. accents. Yeah, we have we an don't Englishman, have, an Irishman, and an American. We don't we don't have that accent. You know, check check mark next to our our podcast which which is a shame because you know kevin's a classically trained singer question mark um and i'm a carpenter so basically a classically trained carpenter so basically we're we're a singer and jesus is what we are (laughs) but uh i digress but uh so this has been the fpl roundtable podcast i have been your host with john wallen rob langevin you can find me at FPL underscore MNOP. Yes, it is an alphabet joke. I apologize. You can find my writings <laughs> and stylings at rasball.com. Uh, I do baseball. Uh, I will be starting up fantasy premiere shortly. Um, but it's been fun. I wish it had been real, but it was has been real. We just are just rounding out. And I never had to end a podcast. You know, what would you just Dude, say? You, you can just end it with, um, let's go get breakfast. Um, I need some coffee. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, guys.